Hey guys, it's Thursday. Welcome to This Is Only a Test. I'm Will. And I'm Norm. Uh, it is a rainy-ass Thursday in San Francisco. Weird stuff's happening all over the place. They advised us not to go to work, to travel, if we didn't have to today. Um, and I don't know about you, but you know when you come, Norm, you know when you come down the hill into Pacifica and you go in that dip and then you come back out photo. under the bridge? It's totally the flooded. Man- Manor Drive or something like that. Yeah, Manor Drive. So I couldn't have gotten out. I'm I'm stuck here until they drain that thing. Um, how's how's the rainstorm treating you, Mr. Chan? Um, it's very loud. Uh, okay. I did go outside. Apparently, there was also street cleaning today. So great. That's good use of um, city funds. Did they but, do uh, that today? They were they, they actually did. rode. They actually street cleaned today. Okay, why not? So so there we go. Uh, it's not that bad. It's just constant rain, nonstop rain. Yeah, like the rain meter which in my backyard, which is not an accurate rain. You know, it's a it's a home one, a hygrometer or whatever, is like uh, four inches, which is probably higher than the actual number for today so far. But it's definitely been two or three inches of rain. So, um, and the ground. The thing about here, like people ask us, like whether we're just you know pansies here on the west coast. The problem is that the ground doesn't can't take the rain um so yeah, it's, like my it's not backyard about, is a pond right it's not so much about the amount of rain uh the the act, the act of raining it is the infrastructure in the city is not suited for it. the good news is we had that storm last week which was enough to flush out all the storm sewers so at least we're not having the thing where the storm sewers are geysering this year um and people stayed home which seems to be good but like 280 was flooded um i think yeah, sfist has yeah. a good collection of all the pictures if you guys want to see um so anyway, woe is us. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot worse. At least it's not snow. This will go away in three days and everything will be fine. And and you have power. I have power. A lot of San Francisco doesn't have power right now, which is unusual, but everything seems to be fine. So um, we're doing something a little different today. Uh, we are instead of our normal podcast about tech news, which is a, there's not a lot of tech news happening right now. No, it's a, it's a little quiet. Um so instead of that, we're going to take a bunch of questions from the audience. And I've been collecting them for a couple of days now. Let me get that window open. Uh, so we can we can we can just jump right into it unless you have something you want to talk about first, Norm. Um, is there any tech news at all? Uh, iOS 8.1.2 is out. I don't know what it what it ha- what it added because, um, you know, it's broken. Oculus acquired a hand skeletal. A skeletal hand tracking company. Okay, that sounds good. That seems like a good thing for them to do. Mm. I think that's, that's that's a big deal. Uh, I more, didn't see more information from the Sony hacks. Yeah, the Sony hacks. So let's talk about that for a little bit because Keep, like, I'm a, keeps on giving. Well, okay. So we all agreed that looking at naked pictures of people that were stolen from their phones is wrong a few weeks ago. Why is why why is there such gleeful? shamelessness going through Sony's private emails. I mean, nobody likes Sony. Nobody really likes movie studios. So I guess that's probably the rationale. But, but I mean, what do you think? Have you thought about this um, at all? It's illegal. I mean, I think from a morality standpoint, it's exactly the same. Well, it's a violation of a corporation rather than a person, I guess, which is some people don't care about. Um, I liked I liked the the thing from Joel McHale about 
when they canceled community he wanted to get the sony discount on a 4k 65 inch tv uh, you know as he was out the door and they were like no nah, just give him the tv we'll bill it to the show it's fine so, wow yeah eight thousand six thousand dollars was on sale so you know celebrities right. they're just like us okay I'm just going to jump into the questions. The email Let's address is podcast at testedcom If you have questions, send them in. We answer them, you know, often, occasionally. Are people watching live right now to ask we, questions live? No, we did not do that because I don't have the way to insert the ads. So um, we are not going to take questions live unless you want to get crazy. It's an unlisted link. You can just post that link on Twitter and and we can mm. we can do this live if you want. And we let's, can do a live read of the, the very end. Okay. Uh, you know, as he was out the door. Yeah, let's that? wait till the very end. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw it this morning, but Jane at uh, Firewatch at Campo Santo was posting live streaming video of her model model making for Firewatch. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't really watched. I've watched a lot of tutorials for that kind of 3D modeling stuff, but I've never really um, watched somebody who was good at it actually like working, working. Super how fast, fascinating. How fast was she working? Um, she was a little slower because she was like typing in a text window and telling people what she was doing and answering questions and mm. stuff. But it was like 20 minutes to make a, a very like like something that looks amazing. A Coleman lantern, like a, with the gas kind that you hold with the handle, a camp lantern that looked awesome. And and, you know, just the model. And then she was texturing it when we started doing this. So I don't know what happened after that. This is archived on Twitch also. So it'll want to watch that afterward. Yeah, I think it's at it. Twitch TV, Twitch TV slash Campo Santo, so you can find it there. I like the time-lapse of the, the time-lapse of tutorials that people do when they do art projects and they do screen capture. Oh, yeah. like they, Real they time just, is less interesting to me. I mean, it's interesting, but uh, there's a lot of downtime, especially if you're corresponding with the viewer. Yeah, it depends. It depends on what kind of work you're doing. Like, if you're building environments or something massive, or doing fine detail work, I can see how that would not be super interesting. But for this, she was just making like small props, like um, lanterns and stuff like that, and and like it was it was happening much faster than I ever would have expected. So, um, so anyway, if you have a question for the podcast, the email address is podcast at tested.com. Our first question comes from David. He says, "Hey guys." I'm a middle school technology teacher, heavily invested in the idea of hands-on maker-style experiences for me and my students. I have a fair bit of knowledge myself, enough to do a lot, but also enough to know that I have significant gaps. When I listen to you and other podcasts or attend conferences, it seems most people in this area are developing skills on their own. Do you think that a maker education is possible through the traditional education system, or with schools starting to pursue it, can we really help the students learn the mindset? Um, what do you think about this, Norm? I thought this was a good question. Mm, I think yes. Absolutely. I, I think the thing to do is to teach them how to learn, right? Like teach them how to learn safely. Um, the, the good example of this is stuff like Tech Shop. They, in order to use their tools, you have to go and take proficiency classes. And once you do that, then they just kind of turn you loose. And the idea of the proficiency classes is they teach you enough to be safe that you're not going to lose fingers or eyes or anything like that. And then they also teach you where you need to ask questions and they have people that are available to answer questions. So, you know, maybe start with a basic skill, like, you know, using a, using shop, shop stuff, right? And then um, go from there and teach them as they're younger and teach them how, how to actually pick up new skills on their own and have people present that can answer questions. I, I, think, I think that's, I mean, the failing of my high school education is that they didn't teach us how to learn. They taught us how to memorize a bunch of shit. And that was absolutely useless when I went to college because you could never memorize 
you know, yeah. co- college college was about understanding and not rote memorization. I, I think a just having a woodshop period teaches all of those skills. Um, NPR did a story on all things considered about a wood shop at Dartmouth where people would go in and there's a professor there. And the whole point of the story was that you know, people walk in and they would learn to build things with their hands. And the, you know, while the course was ostensibly wood shop, the, the, the lesson that everyone took out of it was you know, how to be a maker and problem solve and, and, and learn life lessons. Did they lock? Did they lock it down? Was it like you could only use the place during nope. specific lab times, or no, like once was, you? It was did the, open to anyone, anytime. And there were people there that would help. That sounds yeah. great. And there was a profile of this very specific woodshop professor, um, who would you know teach all sorts of people from every discipline, woodshop, woodworking, and then they took those lessons and applied them elsewhere. So, so the thing that the other thing that's applicable here, and it's something Adams touched on a lot on Soul Untitled, is that once you have the basic ability to turn two D things into three D things, then then that transfers across, um, like that basic conceptual skill transfers across different mediums. So if you can do woodworking, then the thing that you need to learn to know how to sew is how to join two pieces of fabric, not. You know, the, the, you've already done the hard part. The hard part is the two D to three D stuff. The actual joining is is technique and practice, um, and and that stuff you can easily pick up from YouTube or friends or whatever. So, um, Matthew asks, would you rather get a drone or a three D printer? And he has some parameters. Um, he has a fifteen hundred dollar budget for his nerd Christmas present to himself. And the drone has to have a video camera included. He doesn't have a GoPro or anything like that. He could attach to it. Um, iPad or iPhone controls are possible but not a must as long as video feed is available with the remote. I think he probably means also like a SD card and the, and the quad would be okay. Um, and he doesn't have any experience with 3d printing, but he's an engineer with good experience in CAD sketch up and SolidWorks. Um, so we can only afford one for 1500 bucks. What would be the most fun to play with and which products would be contenders, uh, in this, in this price range. I am a so, huge proponent, of both having cake and eating it. And I'd say for under for fifteen hundred dollars, you get both those things. No, problem. I think, yeah, I think you can buy a five hundred dollar printer bot kit and have a thousand dollars left over to buy a quad. And you don't even and, need to spend a thousand bucks to have one with a camera attached. But yes, I would what would say, you recommend, Norm? You should. Uh, I would say wait two months and then look at how much the Phantom Two Vision Plus costs then version three, which is different from the one we have. Um, and different what camera? you should. Uh, they changed the transmitter. Um, okay. The range center is now integrated. What you should do is buy, build a printer bot that's five hundred bucks, um, and then get a forty dollar nano quad, uh, one from uh, One SQ or Hubson or Ares, and and then that's going to be fifty bucks, and then wait a couple months to move up to a different one. To, so or you so can build your own. Get get some practice, learn your chops with the with the nano quad. And then upgrade in the spring, and still be under your fifteen hundred dollar total budget. You think? Yep. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think you can probably buy used Phantom Twos on Craigslist for for not a whole lot of money too. So, or significantly less than retail new. Um, the the thing when you have questions like this, the thing that you have to think about is what like we don't know what you what you like and what you enjoy. So like it's hard for us to say like if if you feel like doing more CAD stuff and making stuff with a 3D printer is something that you would like to bring home with you, 
then totally the 3D printer is a thing you're going to enjoy and have fun with. If you feel like opening up SolidWorks when you get home is going to make you feel like you never left work and you're going to get bummed out, that is obviously not a good purchase for you. So, um, you know, there you go. You, you are your best. You are the judge here. It's a beautiful thing about buying presents for yourself. Um, Caleb says so many regrets if you hmm? choose wrong. Buying presents for yourself. The pitfall is so many regrets. What presents have you regretted that you bought for yourself, Norm? Oh, if you buy something and you know a better version comes out a month later. So MacBooks. Don't buy a MacBook right now. Don't buy a MacBook right now. Uh, Caleb asks, I've been watching the backlog of tested videos and noticed that Will has those cool blue tennis shoes and Norm wears work boots a lot. What shoes are these and are these your go-to shoes on a daily basis? What other shoes do you like? Norm, I like those boots you have too. They're really, they're very slick. Those are uh, Red Wing Iron Rangers. Um, they are only six months old. You can wear them for years if you treat them well and clean them and oil them. Um, but you don't need to spend you know, 300 bucks on a pair of work boots. You can buy a pair of leather boots um, for you know under 100 bucks, 70 the, bucks even. The work boots that I wear are just a like, 15, 20-year-old pair of Doc Martens that I got in college. That I used to wear, you know, in a different time, um, as like going out shoes, and now, you know, they're they're my work boots, but they've held up really well, and I I, I oil them probably once a year, which is not enough, I'm sure. Um, the Red Wings are nice because they're made in America, which I think is is pretty cool, um, which is also why they're expensive. Uh, the tennis shoes, I have a lot of colored tennis shoes. I wear Asics and Pumas and Adidas mostly, um, usually suede and usually in bright colors. Uh, Robin asks, I'm considering buying a MacBook in the near future. I'm a bit curious about the connectivity to iPhone's fingerprint reader. My old Sony Vio, Norm's typing, my old Sony Vio had a fingerprint sensor, and I really like the convenience of logging in with just a swipe of a finger. Do the closed link between OS X and iOS allow for cross-platform security checks? I know you guys have mentioned app like, apps like 1Password and such before. So if this isn't built in, is it available through third-party apps? It should absolutely be built in. It is not. I don't think you can get it through third-party apps if anybody knows post in the comments and we will talk about that next week um you can can you do that on android norm can you log in do you well you don't have a phone with a fingerprint swipe no. do you yeah. the rumor was that the nexus 6 would have one but they canned that at the last minute and so i'm glad that they didn't put one in for the sake of putting one in have, i mean the reason i like the apple one is just because it works really well first time like more often than i can I don't remember the last time I hit the button and I missed and it wasn't because my finger was wet or greasy or had crazy glue on it or something. But you still have to update that every few months. Um, not, no, not really. Not since does it, eight. Does it not lose? No, it doesn't lose it. It stopped losing it at 7.1 or maybe eight. I can't remember. What but caused I, I, it to lose it? Um, what happens is it adjusts over time. So when it gets a misread, it uses that information to, it used to use that information to theoretically improve the read. And then I think they, um, they, somebody messed up and it was actually making the read less clear rather than more clear. Um, I think 7.1 fixed the initial problem and it's much, much better in eight. I haven't had any problems at all with eight and it even reads sometimes when my finger is wet, which is interesting. Um, Marvin asks, I was just wondering how you guys met Jamie and Adam. Uh, Kyle has a similar question, says, I'm wondering what the connection between Jamie and Adam and Tested is. Did they start the site or did you guys partner up after the site was started? Excuse me. I'm curious to know what the story is about how you guys started working together. Number one question asked. We get this a lot. Um, 
Norm and I launched Tested in March of 2010 um, with Whiskey Media as a as a tech site. Um, we we were, I mean, I was tired of snarky tech coverage um, from people who seemed to hate everything, even though it was all magical. Um, and we were excited to talk about phones and tablets and stuff like that instead of PCs. Um, I, I mean, that's where I came from. I don't know what what what, what your the question of how we met Jamie and Adam. We were very lucky. Yeah, so our company got bought. Um, the company that we launched the site with was sold, uh, and we were sold to uh, the technology back end of the site was sold to a company that had a development deal with Jamie and Adam, uh, and they were making a website for Jamie and Adam. And they looked at Jamie and Adam, and they looked at the stuff we were doing, and they looked at Jamie and Adam, and they looked at the stuff we were doing. They were like, Maybe we should introduce these guys. Um, and they... Uh, we all went to M5, sat down in Jamie's office. Uh, Adam was sitting by the decapitated person in the corner of Jamie's office. And it was a real weird conversation, but it went well. And here we are. So, so that's it. I mean, there's nothing weird there. When, when, um, when we added Jamie and Adam to the site, we kind of opened up the coverage. I mean, we'd gone to Maker Fair. I think every year we did tested, right? We started in 2010. Yep. Um, so, you know, we, we'd been covering maker stuff for a long time, but it wasn't a primary focus. It was just a thing we did because we enjoyed it and thought it was neat. And when those guys came on board, we were able to expand that to be um, much more part of the core focus of the site. I'm going to adjust whatever uh, settings I can to stop that weird white balance thing from happening. Sorry about that. I think the, the cool thing is that when we were doing things... Um, in 2010 and 2011, uh, we were already we were interested in technology, uh, unconventional technology, technology on the fringes like 3D printing, and we were covering stuff at Maker Fair, at Combots, at events that before there was really this idea of a maker movement, and we were doing it without there being a name for it. And well, now, I mean, and, and, yeah, there was Make Magazine. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't as ubiquitous as it's something that the president can call out to on a State of the Union as he did last year, sort of two years ago. So it worked out that you know when we met Jamie and Adam, that it put a name on what we were already doing and gave the the focus, um, and it turned out that we were already covering a lot of that stuff. And it was the stuff that we were having the most fun with. I mean, the the 3D printing stuff and the and I mean, drones were part of the challenge of technology of covering technology is that and this is what breaks a lot of sites is that stuff like phones and tablets. There's a when there's a new category, it's very interesting because everybody's trying stuff and a lot of stuff sticks to the wall and a lot of stuff doesn't. And there's a lot to talk about because it's really innovative. But say what five years after the launch of the iphone and maybe a year and a half after the launch of the ipad both of those markets had pretty much crystallized and we knew what those things were we knew that they were you know lcd touch screens with a pretty good battery and a high-speed data connection and a gyroscope and accelerometer a compass a microphone a bunch of microphones um a couple of cameras and then it just became incremental advancements until the phones got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, and that, that there's not a lot to talk about there. You run out of stuff real soon. So, um, it, you know, it was it's, it was really exciting to get to kind of do more more uh, different coverage of stuff that is always different, new coverage of stuff that's always different, and and have a real good excuse for it. So, 
Um, so there we go. Uh, Robin wants to know if now is a good time to buy a MacBook, and if not, why? Uh, um, I think, as we mentioned earlier, now is the worst time probably to buy a MacBook. We're in between cycles. Uh, the If you're looking at something like the MacBook Air, probably their most popular laptop, uh, we're talking about a potential. It's in the same design for three and a half years now. So a physical design change may happen this year. Uh, last year, the processor upgrade was delayed because of Intel's inability to mass produce its Broadwell chips. And so that's going to get hopefully resolved, uh, launched at CES, and put in MacBooks a few months later. And who knows, maybe we'll get touching uh, Mac OS. So that uh, all things look forward to. So wait, wait six months. I mean, worst case, you get better performance in the same battery life, right? Um, best case, you get a Retina MacBook Air or MacBook, or I mean, obviously MacBook Pros already have Retina, but uh, Retina MacBook Air instead of a Pro, and maybe like Norm's had a touch. I don't, although I still don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I I could not imagine in next, maybe not next year, but in the next two years, touch on MacBooks not happening. I, I mean, I look at the changes that happened with Yosemite, and I think, oh, they're clearly sowing the seeds for touch, but but I don't. I don't think they're there yet. I think it still needs time. Um, I, I think the only time they're waiting for is cost. Well, that's possible. Yeah. I mean, the I margins. think, and, and here's the thing is if I'm looking at increasing cost on a laptop for me personally, buying a laptop, I would much rather have the higher density screen, which I think is that they have to do now, um, then, or reduce the cost one way or the other, or that then the touch, the touch is the higher density screen is something you use constantly. The touch is much less important to me. And I think if they do touch, they'll bring it with a new design. I think the the a more yoga like foldy all the way over design. I don't think they'll do that. Or a a design that doesn't just stop here. How's that? Oh, I I think that they'll, that's that's the one thing I think they'll keep. And I think you that complements touch well. Um, maybe that the rigidity of the angle, which the Mac falls back, is what accommodates touch and they'll call to things like the yoga where when you tap the screen it flip-flops I, I'm, it already that, that's something MacBooks that flip-flop though yeah, but you're not you're not tapping the screen and they don't, there's a rigid edge fair enough um jordan says hey i want to treat myself for christmas and i'm looking for a good bluetooth speaker that i would mostly use at home with ios devices i've read good reviews on the ue boom and i wanted to have your opinion uh both of the booms are awesome the mini boom is great. It's cheap. You can get two for what one jam box or full size boom costs. Um, the full size boom, it's in the kitchen right now, it, but it's waterproof. You can take, I've taken it in the shower with me and it works fine. I feel like um, that's something that they're going to update soon. I, I would imagine that seems like a safe, safe guess. It's, it's been something that's been, it's been out for a year and a half. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the wire cutter recommends. The, uh, they recommend the mini boom at 79. You can get it for 79 bucks. Usually um, the full size boom. They recommend the tall cylinder one, not the square one. The cylinder one is water resistant or splash resistant. So you mm-hmm. can take it like to picnics and camping and stuff like that. So that's, that's um, yeah. For the, the, for the best the home Bluetooth speaker, they actually recommend the Marshall, um, the boom box. It's 400 bucks and it looks like, it looks like a guitar amp. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't like the look of it at all, but it's what they recommend. Um, the thing I like about the – does it do speakerphone too? Does it, can you see? Can you tell? Uh, I have not yeah, that no, part yet. Um, 
Uh, we both have used booms, and I like it. I like it. I, there may be something better, but that's that's what we've tested. Um, Chris wants to know what our picks for Goaty Game of the Year are. Norm, have you played enough games to have a pick for Goaty this year? Um, I'm really liking Idarb. Idarb's. Did you guys play? Did you guys get eight? How many controllers did you have down there? I only have one controller, so I've played a lot of one v one online. Oh, that's sad. Um, if you get no, a second the, the controller, the purest test of skill. Gina and I will take on Norm Manor. We're we're uh, we're 2v2? developing team based strategies. Strategies, yeah, two v two. Um, you it, it's get, uh, it's really fun. Yeah, it's 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 really great. Um, I think they did announce that in February, uh, if you have Xbox Live Gold, that will be free. Yes. Uh, Major Nelson announced that today. Um, other games, fantastic. There's so many, a lot of great games this year that were not super blockbusters, like Listen. Alien: Isolation, Mordor, uh, high-profile games, but they were not like the giant Call of Duty games. I don't think Alien: Isolation would be one of my favorite games, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I'm looking at the list of stuff I've played recently. Uh, uh, Game of Thrones, HBO's Game of Thrones is fantastic. The the Telltale one. Mm-hmm. Are you watching people play it? Or are you playing that? I'm playing it. Okay. Um, I like it's weird because this is a year that I played more indie stuff. I think than AAA. I really enjoyed Shadow of Mordor. I thought that the combat and, and the Nemesis stuff in that was really neat. Um, I played this game called The Sun at Night, which I think is about. If it's the one, if I'm remembering right, it's the one about Laika or a Russian space dog who comes back and the world has changed in a really strange way. Um, it's it's brilliant. Um, Invisible Ink is really good. If you haven't played that, it's a turn-based strategy game in the XCOM vein. Uh, I think it's in early early access though, so I don't know if it counts for Goaty. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's been a weird year. I played a lot of Diablo 3 on the PS4 somehow. I don't know how that happened exactly. Um, Gregory wants to know, what's your favorite thing to do on a rainy day? Norm, what do you, what's your favorite thing to do on a rainy day? Um, work on a craft kit. I have kits right here somewhere that are ready, just ready for a day such as this one. Like paper craft kits? Paper craft kits. Nice. Let's see. Hold them up. Maybe talk and then hold them up. This is a this is a, uh, a Toyota FJ Cruiser in paper form. That's waiting for another rainy day. Is that that great big SUV thing? Yeah, I, I believe it is an SUV. Here's what it looks like. Ooh. And then that's in paper form. And this Neat. is uh, a Mercury capsule with astronauts and the launch escape system. Oh, that looks awesome. So it has a little red tower on top. That looks really cool. Oh, they, I don't think they can see you. There you go. There's a launch system and astronauts that you actually have to put uh, and put stuff on. Cool. cool. Um, we do board games here a lot of times, although with the, with the toddler, keeping a toddler entertained on a day like today when it's raining, we can't go outside. She spends a lot of time looking at the rain. I think my wife watched Elmo with her this morning, which is an unusual. That doesn't happen that often. Um, we usually make cookies or something like that, so that's good. And then board games at, at night would be my guess. Pot listen to podcasts. 
Uh, podcasts are good. Maybe a little video games, like some couch co-op, or like uh, one of the things Gina and I do a fair amount is play adventure games. Uh, but like hot, either hot seat or one person drives and the other person tells us what to do. And we kind of, you know, we, we played through all of the first season of Walking Dead like that and, and a little bit of Broken Age and some other stuff. So so that's always good. Um, I Victor says, I would love to see a segment on technology friendly furniture. I hate all the cables that come along with cool technology. Would really like to hear what you think are good examples of smart furniture. Um, stuff that hides the cables, hides the connections, makes it easy to have a computer on your desk without looking like you have a million cables snarled on the on the top. Um, uh, Victor's girlfriend also asked for more testing in the line of Soylent. She loves seeing you look uncomfortable, Norm. It's convenient because Soylent 1.3 just came out today. That's right. It's a whole new batch, new formula, less farty. Um, smart desk. Hmm. Uh, you know, cable management... I really hate furniture that has cable management built in. I never use it. It always looks like furniture that has cable management built in. It's, in a- yeah, I think the, the way to keep to manage your cables is to manage your cables. Is to type your cables and and align them in a way so that you know it's it's, it's like you know be clever about where you put your cables as opposed to integrating in your desk. Um, so huh. I I have. I have these Velcro strips you can get at Amazon or office supply stores or whatever. And they have a hole in one end, a little bit of a wider spot. And you basically loop them around a cable and then pull it tight. So you always have a cable tie on the on the end of your cable. Uh, they come in really huge sizes. like You can get them in like furniture wrapping sizes. And you, you can get them big enough that you can use one cable to tie it to the entire leg of your of your uh, desk or whatever. Um, I also like, and you'll, what day, are we on the fourth day of Christmas today? This is four, day four. Okay, so people are, spoilers. Hold on, where is it? Here we go. So, the other thing I like are these guys. So, like, for me, the place that gets out of control is on my nightstand. Um, because I have a phone and a tablet and a 3DS and some other stuff charging there. And my watch and all sorts of stuff. So, I put... A uh, five-port USB. This is the four-port version for traveling, but um, I put a five-port USB charger uh, and hooked it up underneath my nightstand with one power cord coming up into that, and then all my stuff plugs into that. It charges everything at, at like turbo speed. You know, iPads, iPhones, whatever, um, and it means that there's a lot less snarl like going up the back of the desk, which solves the problem because I don't have a power strip under my under my nightstand anymore either which also is nice. Um, the computer desk is a, just a, I, it's a wash. If you have a monitor and speakers and, you know, microphones and stuff, there's, there's, I don't know that there's anything you can do except for build a desk that has cable channels built in and little pop-ups for the cables to pop out of. I'm resistant to, for example, like a side table with a wireless charging built in. That's the, that kind of integrated, um, cable management and, and technology is something that too quickly becomes obsolete and also you notice it way more um, I like and, things and that prop up your phones and tablets on with like a nightstand the problem is that phones and tablets are flat and they take a lot of surface area so something that props them up uh, or on, on their side um, 
so they're you know so it's only taking this the edge of it like one of those file things that you drop your files in yeah something yeah. made of a uh, wood you can buy at a craft fair that seems like a good idea um the desks like i'm not going to make or build or buy desks that don't have cable channels built in um you can get even if you have existing desks you want to ret- retrofit them you can get a hole saw and get those one inch holes that will let you run cables straight down through the surface of the desk and it's, it takes like five minutes to do obviously don't do it on anything that's antique or really expensive because you will ruin it um but but yeah, like you can modify the stuff you already have and make it make it serve your purpose as a general rule. Mm. Um, um, in terms of uncomfortable things to test, uh, something I'm looking at, not not probably not really going to test this is in a new uh, bacteria rich hygiene. Um, it's a microbial spray that you use instead of taking a shower. You yo instead you should definitely test shampoo that. Shampoo or soap. You can, you can, uh, you, you can, it's a, I guess they call it a cosmetic mist and that, it has billions of cultivated bacteria, um, ammonia oxidizing bacteria commonly found in dirt and you can spray it on yourself and not shower. And apparently invented by an MIT trained chemical engineer who has not showered for the past 12 years. Gross. Gross. I... I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing on this. I think you should absolutely test this. I'm going to make this a, a pledge reward. We'll, <laughs> we'll figure out a way to make this work with a minimum requirement. We, I, I think we need, if you're going to do this, we need to assemble a panel of sniffers. People who can come in every day, sniff you, see what they think about your your general level of odor and and uh, cleanliness, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um. That sounds really gross. 12 years with no shower. I like after a year of no shower, I think you would just want to shower. I think you'd be excited about that. Wow. The product is called AO plus and says, on their website, it says bacteria is the new black. That's terrible. Wow. So it's AO plus like BO minus. Is that the idea? Maybe. Yeah, that's uh, weird. I didn't think of it that way. A month supply is a hundred bucks. Whoa. What? Yep. A bar of soap cost me two dollars that last month. Uh, you know, you to save on water, maybe. I, I suppose that is the thing that you save. I'm gonna on. read the directions here. Use six to eight sprays of AO plus mist all over your body and let it absorb. Use twice a day. Oh, so you, you do shower, preferably after showering. Hmm. Oh, so you just rinse. Yeah, you don't use soap or shampoo. You do like a six-year-old shower where the kid goes in for three that, seconds that makes and rinses much, off. Much less appealing. Yeah, I don't know about it. I, I don't know what you could do to make that idea much less appealing, but okay. Um, Alex says, hey guys, I'm a college student and recently I've been thinking about getting a Chromebook as they seem to be perfect note-taking machines and should satisfy most of my day-to-day computing needs. Do you think Chromebooks offer the same two-year-plus lifespan that most tablets have? I'm worried that they might not hold up over time, much less much like the netbooks of yesteryear. Keep up the great work. I, I haven't used a Chromebook in probably two years, so I don't know that we're the right people to answer this. Uh, the Chromebooks are much better now. Um, they're, they're much better than netbooks ever have been, like just spec-wise. I want to say that uh, I want to. Uh, there was a really well-reviewed Chromebook. I, I want to say it's by by uh, Toshiba. Um, 
Toshiba Chromebook 2 is probably the best received uh, Chromebook right now. Um, and, you know, it's well integrated with all the Google applications, uh, has some local storage, talk about a 12-inch device. Um, and then also, if you want a Windows PC, a really cheap Windows laptop, um, people have liked the HP Stream 11, which is a $200 um, computer. So uh, Wirecutter says the 13-inch Toshiba Chromebook 2 is great. The Dell Chromebook 11 is the their favorite at the 11-inch size. So uh, the Dell apparently is a little hard to find. So there you go. Um, and they're both they're both really cheap. They're tablet prices. Um, I think probably you'll have better legs with the Chromebook than you would with the with the Windows PC at that price point, though, don't you think, Norm? Yeah, I, uh, uh, that, the, both the both of those are devices that I would be interesting though. HP Stream 11 and the Chromebook, the Toshiba uh, Chromebook 2. Um, we just got a, another flash flood warning from the National Weather Service. Thanks, National Weather Service. Um, let's see. The next question is from Alex, who says, I really enjoy the current format of the podcast, segments of news, what you're testing, et cetera, of your podcast. Um, but, you know, I'm sure you guys are always thinking of ways to improve the show, evolve it or whatever. What are some ideas you have floating around in your head lately? Um, and he also wants to know why you're so smug about Apple products lately, Norm. Uh, we haven't actually talked about evolving the podcast in a really long time. So if you guys have suggestions or things you'd like, or, I mean, yeah, send us notes, post comments, send us emails. We'd love to hear. Um Norm, why are you so smug about Apple products lately? I don't know what you're talking about. I, I love Apple. I have, I have a MacBook Air and I have an iPad Mini. And those are okay. both great products. There you go. Uh, Jared wants to know, I'm wondering how fitness bands, how good fitness bands are at identifying the kind of motion you're actually doing. Could something like a Fitbit, a fuel band, or smartwatch tell the difference between someone running and somebody biking or somebody jogging, somebody walking, etc. Basically, I'm curious about how easy it would be to trick a fitness band or phone into thinking you're running when you're really doing something else like driving. Um, are there fitness bands that are better than others at knowing what when the user is running, walking, etc.? Uh, the the some of this stuff is just common sense you know if the person's they can look at the data coming into your phone and if you're moving at 30 miles an hour you're probably not walking or running or swimming maybe cycling um the the thing that i like about the jawbone the reason i got a jawbone up is that they actually let you hook into a bunch of different services so if you're a cycling person you can hook into the cycling app that that runs on your cycle computer because none of the motion bands are good at measuring uh cycling distance they just that there's no there's no wrist or body movement to measure there um the the same thing for swimming same thing for um i don't know what what other kind of activities skateboarding and whatever else you you might be doing um the the walking running stuff i think that's all probably pretty proprietary trade secrets but they all work on the same general principle that if you know your height and your weight then you can kind of know how many step, steps you take um by measuring the up and down cadence of your body and how far you go so the the very best stuff uses gps along with the pedometer um and then the ones that actually if you want to actually measure caloric burn you need something that measures your your heart rate pretty much constantly and i still think the hip based band the hip based trackers are better than the wrist based trackers um I, I i think we haven't done any testing to confirm that but it seems like the stuff that's hooked on your core is going to measure better although 
when I compare, so one of the things I've done is compared the data that my phone gives me to the data that the Jawbone app gives me, and the number of steps is usually within like five or ten percent, um, which would be like the difference between me picking up my phone when I leaving my phone on the desk when I go to the bathroom and and not you know stuff like that. Um, they're all a little bit off though. Like they're never exactly the same, even if you have three different motion trackers on the exact same place on your body. So there you go. Uh, Thomas wants to know which, if any podcast apps do you guys use for mobile podcast consumption and organization on iOS and Android, please. What, what are you using on Android these days, Norm? Or I use, uh, I believe it's, hold on one second. I've been switching around. It's the one that I switched to podcasts. Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast is great. Um, Pocket Cast is the only thing I know of that syncs across iOS and Android. Something made a huge noise out in the living room a minute ago. I hope everybody's okay. No screaming. Um, Pocket Cast lets you sync between iOS and Android clients, which I know is great. I think they even have a desktop client for at least OS X. I don't know if they have one for Windows. Um, I use Overcast on the phone, and I just only listen to podcasts on my phone because I always have it with me if I want to listen to podcasts. Um, also, uh, Pocket Cast is good on iOS, and um, I want to say Overcast was good the last time I used it, but that was prior to iOS 8. Mm. So there you go. Um, the thing I like about Overcast is the is that you can it has does a pretty good chop all the silence out of the podcast, so you can listen to a two hour podcast in about ninety minutes. It sounds a little weird, but you get used to it. Um, Andrew says, hey, guys, I set my parents up with a Roku over Thanksgiving weekend and they fell in love with it immediately. They love the streaming content. Is there a good way for them to make streaming content and live TV? Would a DLNA tuner like an HD home run or DVR work or should a TiVo be the next option for them? I don't I mean, what do you I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Norm. I don't know that any there's anything that does that well right now. Um, TiVo kind of does that, but the the clients for streaming stuff are not as good on TiVo as they are on, or at least they aren't as good on the two year old TiVo that I have as they are on other stuff like um, Apple TV, Xbox, Xbox One, Roku, Roku, Chrome. You know, even like the stuff that you blast over with Chromecast. Um, I just switch inputs between a streaming box and my and my cable box. Yeah. Xbox One's probably the only thing that has some level of integration. But that's I guess that's an Xbox One. But that do you use the Xbox One integration for your nope. TV? I don't want to turn yeah. on Xbox One to turn on TV. That's why why would I want to consume that more power? Yeah, it's it adds like 50 watts of power consumption when you're watching TV and you get very little out of it except for the ability to say Xbox pause. Yeah. Xbox go home. Xbox launch iDarb. Keep on going. So. Xbox, turn X. off. Yes. Okay, Google. Xbox, turn on. Okay, hey, Google. Siri. Hey, Siri. What's the weather? Hey, Siri, send a text to my wife. Nope. Period. And, you know, there we go. Everybody's stuff's exploding now. Um... Peter wants to know, it's the PlayStation's 20th anniversary this year. I want to know what has been your favorite gaming memory or experience. It does not have to be PlayStation related, which is a good thing because I never owned a PlayStation. PlayStation 1. Wow. No. I was an N64 guy and and mostly PC back then. Um, what, Norm, you got any thoughts on this one? Um, gotta dig deep. Uh, 
favorite gaming memory or experience there are so many i would say the one that stands out the most is probably playing alone in the dark the original on pc and being terrified by the floating eyeballs that was that was pretty scary um i think i think quake world when quake world came out and you could play multiplayer shooters online instead of just in the land with three other people it was it was unbelievable um i spent probably two or three years playing you know q1 dm3 basically with a you know clan arena or team arena or or team dm team dm stuff like that and really loved it um we used to play a lot of battlefield 2 at the future office in at max pc after hours and had some absolutely hellacious fights on like karkon and and stuff like that those were those were good times and it was fun because we were all sitting in the same room yelling at each other um and then TF2, we put Norm, you and I, and Gary and Jeremy, and we played a lot of TF2. Um, there was one night. There was one night when Gary just started trolling people on the team chat while we were all on Skype, and it was it was. I think there's actually a video of it someplace. I can't remember. Um, I'm, I apologize in advance for what I'm about to hear due to your name, but Ivan asks. Uh, no sensible questions for me, but I would you rather if California became its own country and its inhabitants were never allowed to enter the USA, vice versa, would you rather live in California or in the USA? It's an easy answer for you. California. Yeah, see, I'd probably move to the USA because, uh, you know, family. I wouldn't want to never see my family again. I'm not. That doesn't seem OK. Um, but uh, that's silly. I mean, the better question is if it was split up, you know, would you retain citizenship? Where would you want your primary? Hmm. Like, where would you want to pay taxes and get the tax basis in California is real bad, Norm? It's, I don't want It's pretty bad, but you know, it, it's also you get probably more services. You think so? You haven't really looked at what schools schools are for here, have you? Hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, think California's going to split off. There's no there's no chance. No, no, no. I think we're more likely to split California into three states than to California split off from the United States. Let's wait for the big one. Well, I mean, I've seen Superman 1. I know how this works. And A View to a Kill. And um, Escape from L.A. Really? It split off in Escape from L.A. too? That's the, that the, whole, the whole premise in Escape from L.A. is that L.A. is now an island. I don't think I've ever seen Escape from L.A. I, I, but I really want to see is Escape from Cleveland. Because, you know, that's where he lost his eye. Hmm. Yeah. Um... Did you see that, Matt? Hey, uh, uh, this is a good time for us to take a break and thank our sponsors. It's a mid-roll. Yes. Nor- Norman Chan, how do you feel about filling out surveys? Uh, I think surveys are important. Uh, I like looking at the responses to surveys. And if filling out a survey allows me to see the response, then I'm all for it. So if you would like to see the response for our survey... Uh, and help the podcast, help us connect with advertisers. You can do that by going to podsurvey.com slash test. Takes about five minutes. It is more or less anonymous, and it will really help the podcast a lot as we uh, branch out into a exciting world of podcast advertisement to get people that actually are interested in advertising to you guys instead of people who are not you guys. Um, if you put in your email address at the end of the survey, you will be entered to win a $100 gift card from Amazon, which you can use to buy anything you would like. The possibilities are literally What limitless. would you buy, Will? You've had weeks to prepare for this answer. <sighs> Something different every time. Go. Mm, 
I would buy uh, 55 Santa Claus hats and give them to people on the street because they bring joy to the world. Uh, what would you buy, Norm? Nothing sadder than a hobo with a Santa Claus hat. Um, I would buy. Uh, I would buy uh, Strombies. I would buy the biggest Strombies I could find. Okay, that's that's a pretty good one. Uh, I, you know what, I might buy. I might buy that Star Wars costumes coffee table book that you got because that it's is only an thirty awesome bucks. Book. I, I could buy three of them and give them to friends. No, nope, nope, nope. Okay, Sp- well, buy one of bucks. those. I would buy one of those, and then I would buy a uh, UE Boom mini to give to somebody because I think that's a good gift. Um, so anyway, the the address again is podsurvey.com slash test. We don't put it in the description because they asked us not to. So you have to go to a web browser and type it in. If you do it, it will help us out a ton and we will really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the show. And now back to questions. But first an aside, Norman Chan, did you see that Mad Max trailer? I saw the Mad Max trailer. I have Which thoughts about Mad Max that. trailer. What were your thoughts about the Mad Max trailer? I thought it looked real CG in a way that did not make me super happy, but I liked the tone. I think the end of it looked CG, but I think they're actually, the wide takeaway from it is that I was surprised by how much of it looked practical. That I, actually I, cars driving and stunts on cars. A lot of the car stuff looked practical, but then they ruined that effect by putting that giant, ridiculous looking fire tornado thing in the in the sure. CG background. The, the, that, the, the giant tornado scene, that absolutely CG. Uh, but I, the thing I took away was that wow, that they they did a lot of crazy car stunts. Yeah, I, I did. It looked like a lot of that stuff was practical and and good. Um, it, it's Bane is the is Max right? Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy wow. is Mad Max. Is he and wearing he another good. Bane mask in that trailer? Is that him wearing the jaw thing? Yes, I think he is captured at one point. It looks like, and he is wearing a face mask. I do like that they're all holding up the steering wheels. Um, the trailer does not show all of Charlize Theron's character, uh, but it's George Miller. It's the same guy who did Mad Max. So, and is this a, this is another Mad Max story? It's not like a reboot or a do over or anything like that, right? I believe it is a reboot. Okay, so this is going to be the story of the the last outburst of civilization. And okay, well, that's fine. Uh, I'm excited to see that. I'll watch it, but I I'm that look better than the the San Andreas mo- uh, trailer, The Rock. What? What's the San Andreas trailer? The Rock has a movie about uh, the San Andreas Fault and the biggest earthquake that hit humanity. It's it's a natural disaster movie. It that sounds like so it. So much like Volcano, Dante's Peak, um, all the day, uh, day after tomorrow, nope. all that stuff. 2012. Nope, 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 nope. Um. Next question comes from John. He says, hey, guys, I would love to get your opinion on a recent comment by Dr. Stephen Hawking about AI. Uh, and then he posts a link to the to the, you know, the, the story that was linked around a lot last week about uh, artificial intelligence being a great threat to humanity, according to Stephen Hawking. Uh, he wants to know if we're all creating our demise with smartwatches and Jibos and Google Nest type devices. Maybe we should just all throw our wooden shoes into the gears and go back to nature just to save ourselves from a predetermined doom. Also, I own a smartwatch and pre-ordered Jibo. Well done. When's Jibo coming, Norm? Next, uh, hopefully next year. I, I think it'll be uh, at least a year and a half from now. That has to be delayed, right? Um, do you think we're sowing the seeds of our own demise? Um, sure, but I think nature will find a way. Life will find a way. I, I think about 
self-driving cars. And part of me is very excited because theoretically many fewer people should die in cars if the computers are driving them and they're, and they're safer and smarter. On the other hand, self-driving cars controlled by computers basically are weapons of mass destruction against soft, fleshy human beings like us. So, you know. I mean, we are, we are slaves to a machine already. Which machine is that? The the machines that give us electricity, you know, and and food, and infra, the infrastructure systems. So, like, I, I don't see that being a problem. I, I think that we'll we'll work our way around it. So you're saying if the machines uh, start blasting sewage out through our toilets and turn off our water and electricity, we're fucked anyway. So why not embrace the self-driving cars and Jibo? Yeah. Okay. I can take that. Uh, Chris says, hey, guys, since it's almost Christmas, this seemed fitting. What would you guys say are some of the best things you've received or been given as Christmas gifts? I guess it's the same thing. Uh, It could be in your adult life or maybe toys as a kid that really stuck out. Norman Chan? Uh, Wolverine action figure with the spring-loaded claws and Wolverine wearing his uh, dark brown orange uniform. I don't okay. remember what age I was. I just remember that. And his mask came off. Ooh, so he could be Logan or Wolverine? I believe so. I'm going to look that did up the, right now. Did the claws pop out? The claws did pop out. Awesome. Um, I, You know, as an adult, somebody gave me a, uh, a really fancy Lake Reset Dutch oven a few years ago that at first I didn't think was something I would ever use because it was kind of nice and you know and then we started using it and it has become literally the most used piece of cookware in our house we use it for everything sauteing stuff making soup making chili making i made cornbread in it we make thanksgiving stuff in it like it is one of my favorite pieces of cookware ever and it is super versatile and it has been so heavily used that i absolutely love it so that's probably my favorite as an adult as a kid the millennium falcon that i got when i was five or six years old was a centerpiece of the Kenner Millennium Falcon, the original 1979 or 80 issue. Well, I mean, original for me um, was a centerpiece of my play through my entire youth. Like that never stopped being something I played with. And, and I still love it. It's in my parents' attic. I should bring it, bring it out here sometime. Um, I'm sure it's like SNES yellow now instead of the gray that it once was. Um, and then this is our last question. Uh, Teach, T-E-I-C-H, I assume that's Teach, asks, uh, what's your favorite toy from your childhood that your parents still have locked away somewhere or that you'd like to find somewhere to buy to give to your kids, children, or their children? Um, and what was the toy that you had as a kid that you would never give, that you loved, but you would absolutely never give to your, your child? You know, in the vein of, I can't believe I still have all my fingers. You're gonna take the, the first one's easier. I just said the Millennium Falcon. That's absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know that I would give it to my daughter because it's by modern standards, it's kind of a janky, plasticky toy. Um, uh, I gave her my old Fisher Price record player, which she's super. Uh, she really enjoys. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happens after that. The we'll Wizard see. of Oz VHS. Oh, really? You watch The Wizard of Oz a lot? Uh, that was a treasured present. I can see that. It's a it's a hell of a movie. It's a great movie. Um, uh, do you still watch it? Have you watched it lately? Oh yeah. Not the VHS, but the movie. Oh yeah. 
there's an anniversary release, Blu-ray release. It's fantastic. Have you ever gone to the sing-along sound of music at the Castro Theater? No. You should you should do that with your special lady friend sometime. You guys would have fun. It's a good good time. Um, we had lawn darts when I was a kid. Like my mom set us out in the yard to play with lawn darts. So that's I would never give that to my daughter. Um, seems like a good way to kill a child. Uh, so that's all the questions we have prepared. Do you want to put this out to uh, open this up, send the link out to chat and see where we end up? Yeah, go for it. I'm going to tweet it right now. I'm going to let you tweet it and I'm going to talk about uh, Did you Have you seen Print the Legend? I haven't watched it yet. Gina won't you, watch it. You, She's, what? She, I know. I told her I was in it and that didn't seem to help. No, no, she, she, it, there's nothing boring about it. I, I guarantee I ass- you. I guarantee you. I'll send her a message to tell her to watch it. It is... Did she like King of Kong? Yes, she loved King of Kong. I've, it is like King of Kong. I, I have literally done this exact same. I've had did, the did, same conversation. What 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 won't she like about it? What does she think uh, that she won't like about it? She thinks it'll be boring. I think probably if I had to guess, it's just like King of Kong in, in terms of how interesting it is. I wonder how I can find. Okay, so oh, there we go. Okay. Um, yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's a deep look into a, uh, fascinating emerging thing, right? I mean, with King of Kong, you were seeing a world that you didn't know existed and they presented it in a really interesting way. Same thing kind of with Indie Game, the movie. Um, did she like Indie Game, the movie? She loved Indie Game, the movie. This This is, oh my God, there's so many elements. I'll send her a message right now. Yeah. You should straighten her out. I'm going to tell her right now. Hey, you should watch print the legend. Um, they took a clip of me interviewing Brie at what looked like CES, right? It was CES 2012. So that was what? The Replicator one year? Mm. Um, that was the first time they were at CES. Uh, yes, because you weren't there for 13 and it wasn't from 2014. When did they announce the Replicator 2? That was... That was... It may have been the Replicator 2 year, actually. It, it was definitely not... Uh, 2013. It was the year that they printed that awesome. Yeah, it was definitely not 2013 because my kid was being born. Um, it was the year that they printed that awesome uh, rocket ship filled with aliens and toys and stuff, right? That was 2012. Yeah, so uh, that wasn't in the background. I don't know if that was in the background, but anyway, mm-hmm. well, regardless, we'll it is it is fantastic. Uh, I will if she won't watch it, then I will endeavor to watch it on my own. I will give her some shit about it on the next Mr. and Mrs. Smith as well. Uh, what's the chat look like? Have you been in there? Um, yes, people are popping in now. Uh, people okay. are asking when we're playing IDARB so we can have fun with IDARB. Uh, I'll probably be playing IDARB tonight. Probably two players. It's matchmaking is a little uh, a little rough. Um, hello, chat people. Um, so we'll take a couple questions from chat and then we'll call it a show and go back to the raininess. I had to dig a trench around my living room this morning, around my house this morning, where water was pooling on one side of the house and I had to get it out into the street. So that was awesome. Put your questions in the chat, people. I'm 
typing. So this is something Sorry. for people who are listening to this after the fact. We sometimes do. We're recording this directly with Google Hangouts. So it's actually being streamed live right now with an unlisted link. Um, if you follow either of us on Twitter uh, on Thursdays, if in the future we do live Google Hangout style podcasts, maybe on a rainy day like this, uh, you can watch it live and chat live. Norm, what's your Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is at nchan. My Twitter is at Will Smith because my name, as people don't seem to know, is Will Smith. Um, uh, Steve Kim, who designed our awesome uh, uh, pixel art T-shirts, wants to know if I have any interest in going back to play Destiny for the Dark Below. I assume you didn't play Destiny, right, Norm? I did not play. I don't have a PS4. Well, it's on Xbox One too. Uh, no, I didn't. I'm not going back to Destiny for the Dark Below. I don't think. If somebody sends me a code, maybe, but probably not. Um, Th3 Green Beast says, "Hey, Will, there's a man outside your window." Uh oh, that's a plant. We're cool. Um, Kristen Mozzarella says, "What are your holiday plans, Norm? What are your holiday plans?" Uh, stay at home. Not go hunker down. Yes. You got any hot chocolate? You ready to go? Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of hot chocolate. I like hot tea. Oh, I was just drinking hot tea. Do you have a fireplace? You don't, do you? I do have a fireplace, but I've never turned it on ever. It's a gas fireplace. It's ga- Is it like a sealed gas thing? Uh, it's sealed, yeah. Is it, is it in your bedroom or is it in the no, living no. room? It's in the living room. Okay. Um, uh, Green Beast wants to know if we did, when's the next dad cast? We're trying to get one together before the holidays, maybe for the end of December. We did not do one while Vinny was here uh, because they were crazy busy doing uh, Game of the Year stuff. So it was a bad time to pull him out. Uh, Fat Rec wants to know from Norm, do you have any thoughts about the X100 TCL? And also, what is the X100 TCL? Hold on. That one was from Will. I want to make sure I know what he's talking about. Um, I do not have any thoughts currently, but it is on my list of cameras to get in early next year. What uh, is it? It's a Fujifilm um, rangefinder style camera. Oh, it's the their version. It's their uh, good sensor with a fixed lens. Mm. Not really. I am not one hundred percent sure it's fixed lens. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. Okay. Um, we don't think about BlackBerry ten. It's just not. I don't think it's relevant. Uh, Machine A wants to know if we have any Christmas present tips that everyone should have. Um, you, you know. Uh, Brian Lamb over at the Wirecutter a few years ago when they did their first gift guide gave really good advice, which is that getting gifts off of gift guides is really bad. Like it's it's hard to pick something that's universal. Um, so what you have to do is look at stuff that you think they might like, find things that people are into. Like if you have somebody who loves to cook, go look at the year's best cookbooks or look at the, the new kitchen gadgets. Um, the, look for the kind of stuff that people will never buy themselves and it doesn't have to be expensive. It's just like something that would be a splurge most of the time. And, and, and that's, that's how I try to buy gifts. I don't like gift guides where it's just a wish list of what the author wants. That's what gift guides always. I mean, that's why we don't do gift guides. Gift guides traditionally are an excuse for people who work at publications to call in a bunch of shit. Oh, no, it's not that even that anymore. It's, now it's just, you know, I think these things, these 10 things look cool. But right. I that, have yeah. no intention of actually buying them. 
when we do when we do stuff like 12 days of Christmas, a it's all stuff that we actually use. Like the way the way I usually find 10 day, 12 days of Christmas, my 12 days of Christmas stuff and my favorite thing stuff that we'll do uh, in the week between Christmas and New Year's is by looking at the stuff that I use every day and the stuff that has a, had a measurable impact, not necessarily in like quality of life, but like general like things that make me happy to use tools that I love using and things that I love using. Um or things that solve a problem like those tile things that were today's i think they were today's uh yes, they um, were today's. yeah like they're janky and broken in a lot of ways but they solve a very real problem which is that my daughter likes to take stuff out of my bag she has like three things that she loves um and she takes them she plays with them for five minutes and then she just drops them wherever the hell she is and as a result i can't find my keys or my pencil sharpener or whatever the the thing may be so she's still playing with them you can scare her with by giving it a chime it doesn't make that it's not a it's a real friendly chime it's not like a delight her yes it might it might delight her and make her want those things more that's that is that would almost certainly backfire on me you're you're correct um Uh, the person that was outside may be a uh, delivery person? mailman. Uh, sucks. I feel bad for all. I, I had a delivery earlier today for a giant FedEx package of poster frames, <laughs> um, twenty-four by thirty-six, and I felt bad for the po- uh, FedEx person. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, that's my neighbor. He's taking advantage of the break in the weather to clean his gutters. Looks wow. like. Uh, so you can see the tweet at at fobwashed on Twitter. He posted it. Uh, this afternoon, um, Norm, there's a few more. You want to take a few more questions and go yeah, today? Absolutely. Um, uh, Bane Kerr asks uh, a while back. You guys mentioned that using two video cards for gaming is a bad idea. Why is that, Norm? Um, it's actually not as much of a bad idea now. I think drivers are at a point where. Uh, performance-wise, you're not going to get doubled exactly doubled performance, but it is closer. Uh, it's, it's better than 50% performance. Again, it depends on the video card. Uh, but the the reason I think it's still a bad idea, unless you're doing an upgrade, um, is it's power draw. Well, the power draw, and also a lot of times you'll see. Like if you look at driver release notes, if you're the kind of person who buys a new game on on launch day, typically the SLI or Crossfire patches for the drivers will come not in the release day driver update, but the the next one or the one after. So for a game like a single player game that you play for eight hours, um, you, that'll be you'll be done with that before you get the SLI patch, uh, which means that you have the second video card that's just warming your your gaming room. Um, that that's why I generally don't recommend uh, double video card solutions. Like, you, if you spend the same amount of money on a single card, you'll be much better off. If you're talking about adding a card into an existing machine, sometimes that makes sense, but usually you're better off spending like those cards don't get that much cheaper. Usually, you're better off just getting the next best card or waiting a little bit longer and getting a better card. Um, we need to build a San Francisco fac. Uh, M4G35LY4YR says, Hey guys, I'm traveling to the West Coast in 2016, San Francisco. Specifically, is there anything I should or see or do when I get there? You you wrote a great letter about this ages ago. Um, it's, 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 it all depends on what you like, right? We have a lot of cool stuff to do in San Francisco and the areas around. Uh, what are a couple of your favorites, Norm? Oh boy. 
Um, uh, I think, okay, let's go through uh, institutions. California Academy of Science, Walt Disney Family Museum, Exploratorium, uh, Legion of Honor are the great museums in the city. Uh, Food-wise, there are way too many options. really depends on where you're going to stay. Recommendations to where you're going to stay. Don't stay close to um, Union Square. That's a trap. Stay away from Union Square. Like, like get an Airbnb in the mission or rent a room in the mission or something like that if you're just coming with one person. Um, the Alcatraz audio tour, which is the touristiest thing that I would recommend you do, is great. The de Young and Cal Academy of Sciences are both amazing museums. And the de Young has this amazing uh, gallery that you can go see, that you can climb up to without having to pay for an admission. It's kind of an expensive museum. Uh, the Japanese Tea Garden, I think, costs $6. It's right next to the Cal Academy and is a neat place to walk around for 45 minutes. Uh, it's very pretty. Um, Steve Kim in chat says you should go to Hood Slam. I do not think that the Hood Slam is for everyone, but look at the website and you will know if you think Hood Slam is for you. I don't even know what that is. You don't know what Hood Slam is? I have no idea what Hood Slam is. Hood Slam is underground wrestling in the East Bay. What? Uh, It's like like 10 bucks to get in and it's all copyright. It's not all copyright infringement. It's a lot of copyright infringement characters. It's been going for a fairly long time, but it's gotten popular in certain circles in the last few weeks. I know uh, that's where Dan Reichert and Alex went. When they left uh, the Giant Bomb studio last week. I think maybe right before you got there. I can't remember. Um, and I think that's about it for us today. Uh, unless you have anything else. Do you see anything else? Uh, do you have an opinion on 4K monitors versus multi-monitors, Norm? Shut your butt wants to know about that. Um, shut your cloud wants to know about it? Um, yeah, shut, shut your cloud. Uh, they, don't, they don't have any way of knowing that joke. That's, that's true. months that's in their the future. future. Um Ooh, stay, uh, wait three weeks and I will have an answer for you. Uh, as of right now, multi-monitor is way better than 4K monitor uh, in my mind, but wait three weeks. Do you have a 4K monitor coming or are you thinking we're going to see some stuff at CES? Um, maybe both. Okay. Um, so I think... I think that's it for us. I think that'll do it for us this week. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, the regular podcast will be up in just a little bit. I'll probably do a little bit of work on the video and it'll be up later today. Uh, if you're watching live, thanks for submitting questions to everyone. And we'll be back next week with a regular edition of. Will we? This is. Will we? Think about this. Oh. Ooh. Mm. We might have to record one while we're away. Mm. We might have audio only next week. Um, when do you get back on Thursday? You're driving back Thursday? Probably Thursday night. Let's, let's, how about this? Let's reconvene same bat time, same bat channel next, is next Friday the day that we're doing that long shoot? Yes. Okay. Well, we'll figure out something for podcast next week. Maybe Jeremy and I'll do something on Wednesday afternoon. It'll just be the two of us. You'll also Wednesday afternoon, you'll be preoccupied. Wednesday afternoon. I'm going to be in San Francisco. No. Yes. We'll be at Behind the Myths. Oh, Tuesday afternoon, perhaps. Yeah, and if you're at Behind the Myths in L.A. next week, look for us. We'll be there. We'll be there next week in L.A. at the Nokia Theater. I believe tickets are still on sale, and uh, we'll be around to say hi. We might even have stickers. Adam has said they will not sell out the Nokia Theater because it is a very big venue. So if you would like to come, we will be there, and tickets are still available. I just checked. So... Uh, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching, guys. Um, have a good weekend. Stay safe in the rain, Norm. Stay dry.
everyone. Bye. Stop broadcast. Okay, that was good. Thanks, you dude. should think about bringing uh, audio equipment down for Wednesday if we have downtime to record a quick podcast with Adam then. Um, the podcast or record I, it while we have downtime on Wednesday. I will bring. I'll probably bring lobs in the in the H six N and because that I can chuck in a in a carry on. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring the thirty pound mics. Just oh no, don't bring those. Do do lobs, yeah, yeah. wired lobs, and I. We even should have lobs anyway. Well, you'll have two lobs probably, right? And they'll probably be the wireless ones anyway. Yeah, we don't want to do podcasts with wireless. Um, I'll talk to Joey about it tomorrow, and and we'll figure it out. I can't imagine that we wouldn't have an an hour to spare on Wednesday. Well, you never know. But yeah, we should we should be good. Okay, talk to you later, dude. I'll see you later. Oh, probably. Oh, we'll find out tomorrow morning. I don't. I looking at the weather. I don't think we're going to be doing anything tomorrow morning. Yeah, it does not look likely. But I'm going to wait and see. Yeah, they canceled my kid's swim lesson tomorrow. So, like, shit's shit's real weird. The one thing is still flooded as near as I can tell. Yep. Um, I'm anyway. going to save this file and put it yeah, in Yeah, save it and chuck it in the Dropbox for me if you would. Okay. Might need to delete some stuff. Uh, wave or AFE, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, have you already stopped? Okay, that's fine then.